Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the NFL Scotland podcast. Rules are changing, trades are happening and retirements have been taking place. We're going to be looking at it all. My name is Cameron Hobbs. And my name is Paul Mitchell. The NFL is going through its annual period of change. We'll be picking some of the stories catching our attention and yours as we tackle the topics you've tested us with on Twitter. And hot on the heels of our first free agency signing, we're delighted to be joined this time by our second. It gives us great pleasure to confirm that Sky Sports News presenter and Green Bay Packer fan Charles Patterson is joining the team as another of our semi-regular guests. So welcome to the team. Charles, firstly, we discussed our teams on the last pod, so as a Mm. Packers fan... How's free agency been for you? Very, very interesting. And I have to say thank you for having me. I'm going to bring lots of green and yellow wisdom (laughs) to this podcast. um, And poetry, which I'm going to get to in a minute. Excellent. I'm feeling quite... We're uh, breaking new ground. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, In terms of free agency, uh, well, the defence is better. I think it's fair to say. We've managed to um, upgrade at safety and make the Bears worse at safety at the same time. (laughs) Which I thought was terrific. So I think um, Amos is very, is very much an upgrade. Um, there is a pass rush, Smith and Smith, Mister and Mrs Smith. Is that what we're going to call them now? I wonder which one will be, which. But um, they, they, I think these guys are solid defenders. I think they're, um, I think they're, they're all going to do a really good job. There's no nothing flashy. I would have liked Green Bay to have traded that second pick in the first round and got D Ford. And I know that you'll be happy that D Ford is now residing in. San Francisco, but I think that would, much be, so. that would have been a, a smart move. Um, but still, it's an upgrade on what they've got. Clay Matthews is gone. Sob. So, but I think he was probably... He's was it his time? I think he's on the downslope, yeah. isn't he? So, But he's a legend forever. It's just the hair. I'm going to miss the hair flying everywhere, you know? He, he must have been a photographer's dream. Oh, he was just yeah. waiting to capture that wonderful moment. And also, from a fan's point of view, he's one of these players you instantly recognise... Mm. Even with a helmet on, because you knew you knew it was him. And it'll be interesting to see now whether the league pick on Green Bay's defenders like they did with the picking on poor Clay Matthews. Every time he made a sack, he got penalised 15 yards for doing nothing wrong. And then they started thinking about changing the law book based on one particular play. So Yeah, it was 15 yards for <laughs> split ends, wasn't it? I, I know. That was, so, that was the worst one. Anyway, Clay's gone. Um, on the other side, I still think that they're a bit light. And the other thing I would have liked them to have done would have had a run at Antonio Brown. And I'm a bit, I don't know, I just think they, they need a couple more weapons. I, I think, well, Jimmy Graham didn't really work out. And Randall Cobb is gone, which brings me to my poetry. Okay. Poetry Corner on the NFL Scotland <laughs> podcast. So I don't know whether you saw. Um, so obviously Aaron Rodgers has lost his best friend last year, Jordy Nelson. Yeah. Yep. And now he's lost his second best friend, Randall Cobb. You do kind of wonder whether this is sort of heading towards Aaron Rodgers announcing that he's going to sail off into the sunset before too long. But he came out with a wonderful bit of uh, um, Morgan Freeman-esque poetry um, from the Shawshank Redemption when Randall Cobb disappeared to Dallas. And he said, I have to remind myself that some birds aren't meant to be caged. And when they fly away, the part of you that knows... It was a sin to lock them up, does rejoice. Still, the place you live in is that much more drab and empty. There, they're gone. I guess I just miss my friend. How oh, touching. Oh, oh, that's nice. That is nice. That, that's nice. I just completely missed that. Oh. <laughs> Basically, I mean, his family don't talk to him, apparently. So yeah. You don't want to lose your bu- friends. He's lost his buddies. So, yeah. um, so I think it's been very good overall. And I think actually probably the smartest move might be um, Billy Turner. 
the uh, the offensive lineman who's coming um, because that offensive line has been chewed up and spat out and sat in surgery for the last three or four years. They get so many injuries. So, but he can play anywhere. He can play guard either side. I think he can play tackle either side too. So he'll be moving along left, right, and center, and he's very experienced. So they've signed loads of solid guys who are obviously, you know, they're in the prime of their careers and they're 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 reliable. Amos is really smart, isn't he, as a as a safety because he'll look after the the young guys in the secondary. And the Green Bay secondary has been hopeless for about three or four years. But the, the, last year it was a bit of improvement. I think he, he'll 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 bring a little bit of, of of leadership there. So the defense is better, but I think they need they need someone to to start out on the other side of Devontae Adams. I think he needs another weapon. Can I ask a question? Mm. Quarterbacks and teams talk about legacies. Mm. Is Aaron Rodgers in danger of spoiling his legacy if they have another bad year? Well, two years ago he was injured. Yep, I think. It's probably fair to say he was injured last year as well um, in that first game against yeah. Chicago. And I don't think he ever recovered properly, but there were coaching breakdowns there as well. The problem lies in at what point does the Green Bay Packers team stop being Aaron Rodgers yep. and start being Matt LaFleur's? Yeah. Who's who's actually running the show there? Now, I think um, most people would say that Rodgers runs the show, certainly on the offensive side, but you have to have a defensive coordinator who... Is, is going to be aggressive and is going to have the, the opportunity to change. And when you look at what they've done historically up until the last couple of years, they never did anything in free agency. If you were a Packers fan, you could pretty much um, sign off in February and come back at the draft. You could go on a holiday for two months because Ted Thompson never signed anyone. <laughs> and um, their new general manager has. He has made lots of positive moves. Um, and, and I mean, he made a few moves last year, which I think maybe haven't really worked out. He signed Wilkerson and he was injured. And then he's gone again. And then they signed Jimmy Graham and didn't really work. But maybe after one one year, he might well kick on and come back to what, what he knows. I think they need to sign it. I think they need to get a tight end in the draft. And I think they, get, they probably need to get another wide receiver. Even though guys like St. Brown and Geronimo Allison have got a lot of potential, they're, no, they're not... I don't think they're, they're not... They're not prime they're not tight. Yeah. No, they're not. And that's why I thought... Why not have a go at Antonio Brown and get him for a third round pick? Because that's what he went to Oakland for. Antonio Brown wants to win. Surely he'd want to go and pick balls from Aaron Rodgers. So I was surprised they didn't maybe push that. But it's going to be interesting because it's. I think it's just just about the, the toughest division out there. It's incredibly tough. You look at the guys that have come into the division. Trey Flowers is coming into the division, and yeah. and Chicago is. Or Chicago. Well, I, I I sat here nine months ago and wrote Chicago off. So what do I know? <laughs> but Chicago. If you had a one knock on Chicago, is they had a soft, soft schedule last year. Yeah. Now they're not going to get that yeah. this year. It'll be interesting to see that. I don't want to to be down on the Bears necessarily, uh, or the Staleys as I like to call them. <laughs> we'll, we'll come to that later. I, that was the knock for me that they just didn't play the best teams they played. Arguably Green Bay when they were poor. Um, so the division wasn't quite strong. And I think well. Minnesota will be better than they were last year. They're only two two years removed from the, the championship game. So it's an incredibly tough division. But the, the, the beauty of being a Packers fan is you've got the most talented quarterback out there yep. in your team. And if he stays fit, 
then I know you're screwing your face up. Drew Brees has been traded. What? Um, I think that you've always got a chance. Oh, you've always got a chance, and you've always got a chance at Lambeau. And you know, you would you would figure that Green Bay will win eight games, and if you win eight games, you're in with a shout. The league's then, a better place when Aaron Rodgers is oh, Yeah, and you're right. I think that as a Packers fan, you've always got hope. You're always in the conversation, and it's because of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And how long that keeps going will determine I, and how long he keeps going, I think, as well. I, I think I think it's important that they use these two picks really wisely and get guys who are going to come straight in and start if, they've not, if they're not going to use them prior to that in terms of any trades, and it doesn't look like they will. And you've got to get off to a hot, a hot start, albeit the fact that the opening night is they're going to have to go to Soldier Field <laughs> on the you know to mark that start of the hundredth season? So, what better way than to go and um, annoy every Bears fan <laughs> and, and go and win? But then you know we we, we saw what happened uh, in the opening game last season on was Sunday Night Football, wasn't it? Yeah. And then they came back. So I think with Rogers, you just never write him off because he can do things that nobody else can. And if he has got another, I think if he's got another weapon, another really top receiver. Or a tight end. There's a couple of tight ends that have been talked about in the draft. I don't think the wide receiver pool's that good in the draft. Tight, tight end pool's tight end. attracting a lot of attention. So a lot of teams are. I think I, I could see them going for a tight end with that early pick. Be interesting to see what. Maybe they might even trade down and then get a couple more. Because I think I, I think there's I think there's three or four really really good players away from making a run at the Super Bowl. That's where I see them at the moment. So uh, it's been all right, but yeah. again, it could be better. I think yeah. everybody could say that. Yeah. Bit, bit better than New York Giants, anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jay, Jamie's not here. I was going to say himself, is he? Jabs at Jamie already. Quite right. Um, interesting that you talk about this. I was going to come on to it later, but it feels right to talk about it now. The the first of the companies in Las Vegas have released their book for the year ahead mm-hmm. and who they predict. Are how many wins they have each team winning mm. in the 2019 season. Now, interestingly enough, you can imagine the Patriots are the top with 11, the Chiefs, the Rams and the Saints all 10.5, then you've got the Chargers on 10, but then the, they've got the Bears at 9.5, the Packers at 9 and the Vikings at 9. So Vegas is saying exactly the same. That could go one of three ways. Mm. The Lions aren't even in that list at all. Uh, they're, I think they are, but they're definitely at the bottom on 6. Um, so it is a really tight division. And mm. There isn't, there isn't a team in there that you could write off as having no chance. No. And the I think, I think it's good. Detroit are... The only thing you would say about Detroit is perhaps defensively they've been really suspect. But they've got a guy who's a defensive coach in Patricia and they've, they've just loaded up on defence. Yeah. So it's going to be really, really tough. And I think, again, I, I can't see more than 10 wins winning that division. So the problem, you know, the, the flip side to that is you might get two, possibly even three teams. And I said this again... I think nine months ago I thought that that, that could have happened and the, the Vikings should have got to the playoffs and they blew it of their own volition but they're still a really good team mm. yeah. a really good team and and the, the, the reason that Green Bay failed last year was a breakdown obviously there was a major breakdown in the relationship between coach and quarterback and that was a huge part of it and I think I listen It'll be interesting to see what the relationship is like between Lafleur and and he's he's going to be under a lot of pressure because that is that it's just a bubble, isn't it, Green Bay? Oh, they, nobody does anything else but live and breathe football there. So he's going to be walking into his first head coaching job into this environment which is absolutely incessant, and they will demand success. Yeah. And if it doesn't get it right straight away, or if something goes wrong in the, in, in you know if the cogs don't click with with Rogers, then 
you could see it slipping away and Rogers might just t- do what he does and say Ram's going to go off and play my own football here because that's what he does you know yeah I mean this is the first time in 12 years that the Packers have got a new head coach anyway full stop you know McCarthy was there he was constant so they you weren't necessarily seeing a complete change in direction with Green Bay. No. Um, whereas actually, you could maybe start to see that. I think they, they, they will, in time, and perhaps this is the season that they will start heading towards, that I think they will start trying to lean a little bit more on the run. Um, Aaron Jones has shown he could, be, he could be exceptional, although there's been questions about his conditioning, which I have read in recent times. Um, I think, uh, is it... Um, Bob McGinn who writes for the, the the local paper who lambasted them all last season <laughs> um, questioned the fact that he, he you know the, the fact he didn't get all these carries because he wasn't fit which I find staggering that reminded me of Eddie Lacy Eddie Lacy wasn't fit that's the loon to I was just thinking it's Eddie Lacy 2.0 got to. and that's that's totally unprofessional but that's that's also smacks of a locker room that had kind of given up in some respects yeah I think you're right on there it's given up the other thing that might help the Packers Ironically, is the Milwaukee Brewers in baseball because they've started well, they're projected to do well, and it might just draw some of that media coverage over the summer away from the Packers because if they're performing as people expect them to perform, you know what it's like just that looks what just takes you away and it might just relegate some of the things that might have made the headlines for the Packers. So I'll be interested to see how that goes in parallel. Yeah. Now, let's stay in division, though, and since we met up last, there's been a couple of trades, and one that I think is quite notable is Jordan Howard coming out of the Bears. Um, Obviously, he's gone off to the Philadelphia Eagles for what, to me, feels like a very cheap price. Uh, It's a sixth rounder in the 2020 draft. Now, Jordan Howard's just 24 years old. He's been in the league. He's got career over 3,000 yards and 24 touchdowns on the ground, over 500 yards and one touchdown in the air for a sixth-round pick. Bargain. You know, and fine, he's not fit the scheme under mm. Nagy, and he's perhaps not had as great a season as the two prior. But for a sixth round pick, I mean, there's the there's the possibility that it could go to a fifth round pick. I don't know what the conditions are, but even then, actually, there's and I'm, I know the Bears would never have traded with the Packers, but there's a running back that mm. would well, you'd got, always be crying out for. Green Bay also got uh, Jamal Williams, who they they got at the same time as Jones. They were both in the same draft. Yeah. So they're, they've got two two guys there, and um, but I think you talk about Howard going. It was obviously slipped down the pecking order. Yeah. I think that's a steal for Philadelphia. Still a few good running backs sitting out there not doing anything. A sitting out there, he's not got a team. Well, he's definitely now not going yeah, back to yeah. Philadelphia that they've picked up so, Howard. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. He was born in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People might have missed that. Right. He was born in London. The interesting thing though with Jordan Howard, he's only as valuable. That's what somebody's prepared to give. Now, mm. I can't imagine they only shopped them to Philadelphia. Mm. So therefore, they've obviously made the decision they want him out of the building because they've got two other running backs in mind. So they wanted him out. And if that's the way to get him out, at least you've got something. I often think, I mean, well, it's fifth or sixth round. That, that's a crapshoot. Yeah. I mean, that that's the kind of round that you're hoping to pick up, perhaps an average O-lineman, D-lineman, somebody that will come in to cover... That, that's the kind of quality you're looking at. You're not looking at a starting running back for that no. price. If one of your sixth round picks turns out to be a player of the calibre of Jordan Howard, you're going to be like, brilliant, that was a great pickup in that round. So I'm, I'm really surprised to see that one. Mm. The other one as well, and this is another name that is, depends on which version of him you get, is Robert Quinn. Obviously off to the Cowboys, leaves Miami. Another one, 2020 sixth rounder. Now, Robert Quinn's only 28. 
And I think that was the thing that surprised me the most. He feels like he's been in the league forever. But it depends on which version of Robert Quinn you get. If you get 2013 Robert Quinn when he was in St. Louis, you've got a monster. You get 2017 Robert Quinn, meh. You know, is that is that move potentially an insurance as far as Dallas is concerned for Lawrence? I, I think, isn't yeah. it? It looks all, all over like they've decided we don't know what's happening with, with Lawrence. We Let's get someone in just in case it all goes to pot. Yeah, I think it's a smart move. Yeah. Yeah. And also, he's, he's got in his contract, I think he's making $9 million, something like that. But mm. he can, his bonus, I think, he's only going to sack a quarterback seven times. Yeah. That, that's it to get to the next level. of it. And you think, ah, that seems... Well, 69 really? career sacks well, if, so far. If, if he's going up against Eli Manning twice, yeah. there's a good chance he might do that. I wonder if that seven with an asterisk excludes Eli Manning. Must be the small one. Yeah. Um, excludes any, yeah. And he's, got, and, he, and he's got Wade Phillips as his coordinator, so... Well, this is it. And, but again, the question isn't necessarily where he's going, it's, it's why he's leaving. Um, and teams like Miami... Might have just thought that was too much money. Mm. They might have their eye on cheaper replacements. Are Miami trying to tank is one of the questions that's floating around. That's a dangerous thing. Well, that's because do. they are apparently looking at one of these quarterbacks in the in the draft for 2020 and they want to move up as high as possible. You can't you, you can't tank a season. You can't tank a no. season. Not, not in, that wouldn't be acceptable, would it? Not in the NFL. Not for as long more. as you beat the Patriots twice, <laughs> then... You know, they probably the fan base could let them do whatever they wanted, but yeah, but yeah, Gronk's not there to run past this. Uh, but I see. I find that this this pinning your hopes on a quarter. If you've got the money, um, go to Arizona because they're they're taking yep. Kyler Murray by all reports. So go and get Rosen. I was gonna. I thought that that would be a really good. Yeah, I know there was chat the last time you guys met yeah. but where's where is Josh Rosen yeah. going to go I think it's a fascinating one that because he's clearly a top quarterback in the making who wants him which team fancies him and do you know the one I uh, the one I look at and I think I can see them uh, making a smart move New England well New England are rumoured yeah. I, mean, I mean why not he's just get him in yeah, but... there you go there's the heir apparent happy days yeah. that, that would be tremendous because it's all about planning it's all about you know, some teams have got a quarterback that could come in for a game or two and help. Hmm. Some teams, though, if they lose a quarterback, as the the Packers did a couple of years ago, they lost Rodgers, their season was done. Uh, was it Brad Huntley? Mm. Or oh, Brett Huntley, yeah. Brett Huntley yeah. that came in. You had no confidence in him over a long period. No. The, the Saints will have Teddy Bridgewater tried and tested. You would trust him to come in. But the Patriots would be that double whammy. They can have somebody... That looks good. I, I, I think when you look at the Patriots' um, track record of shifting out really good backups, Jacoby Brissett, yeah. Garoppolo, yep. who's going to be next? You know, They need to get someone in behind uh, Mr. Brady. Who's, wow. Who is breaking news on Twitter? Yes. Who's on Twitter? <laughs> his, his first tweet was an April Fool's. Now... This, I'm going to take exception to this as well um, and it was actually Graham Rothman pointed this out and I hadn't noticed it first so fair t- hat tip to Graham um, he sent it at 20 past 12 local time PM now I don't know what the rules are in America but if you send an April Fool's after 12 o'clock in this country you're the fool mm-hmm. that's how it goes after 12 doesn't o'clock count. you're safe doesn't you count. can start looking at stuff it was so I think not only has he chosen his first tweet ever to send what was it pretty rubbish April Fool's and he did it too late and he said he did tweet afterwards as well saying was this a bad joke oh I've never seen that one (laughs) 
<laughs> so he's not retiring. Breaking news. Yeah. And he. It was a bad joke, Tom. If you're listening. Yeah. It was. <laughs> Master of understatement yeah. is Tom Brady, isn't he? Yeah. But someone who is retiring, and it definitely impacts on Tom Brady, is Rob Gronkowski. Mm. Obviously, since we last spoke. Now, this is an interesting one. There's almost another topic point about players who retire after free agency has kind of started. Because I'm sure that New England with all of no one and what have you, but it almost feels a bit weird. If you're going to retire, retire before free agency. Let your team go and get someone. But anyway, side note. Um, it's a big loss for the Patriots. He's a big, big player. Just 29 years old. Obviously, he's had a lot of injuries. He's had a big career. 79 touchdowns for the Pats. That cannot be ignored. That's hard to replace. Um, over 7,500 receiving yards. You know, was almost at 8,000. Uh, Tom Brady has already apparently said uh, in an interview that he hopes that 79 isn't the final number. So mm. I think that Brady's already hoping that he comes back. I think Gronk's agent has said he could see him coming back. So I don't know whether this is him making a plug for the ESPN Monday Night Football. And then <laughs> when it all goes badly wrong, returning <laughs> next season. <laughs> Sorry, Jason Whitten, if you're listening. Well, Jason does listen to this. Yes. <laughs> Well, he's got plenty of time. He's got to try and learn broadcasting from somewhere. Um, let's talk. Look, let's talk about Gronkowski. I think that's it's almost nonsensical to retire when he has, unless his body is done. Yeah. So one option is you say you retire, you see how you feel in a year, or you see how you feel come December, and the Patriots are riding high. And, and, and come you know, back for the playoffs yeah, only. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's highly possible. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's possible. The other thing is. He could go somewhere else for the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't think I, I don't think you can ever see him playing for anybody else. But I think, I think in terms of your body, you'll know he'll know himself if he's physically capable of putting himself through preseason and through all. I mean, you know, we we talk about how the NFL is. You know, the regular season is sixteen games, and actually, compared to a lot of sports, actually that's not very much. But the hits that he takes. And the number of snaps he plays, it is brutal yeah. in your body. So I'm not surprised, really, that he's decided at least to park it for now. But given all the the verbatim sins, I mean, Drew Rosenhaus said, yeah, he might, he might well be coming back. Yeah, yeah. So I think let's just park the retirement in in you know in the middle at the moment. I'm not sure he's completely retired yet. Yes. But, but, to, that. I mean, yeah. but to talk about Jason Witten, I mean, we, we did get a question in about Jason Witten. Mm-hmm. How can you go retire... Go to a broadcast booth and then go back to your old team for what? A contract of five five million dollars? Mm. Now there'll be lo- there'll be bonuses in there as well. That's one of the questions we got uh, for the podcast is what do we feel about Jason Witten doing it? From a selfish point of view, it's brilliant because he was not a good broadcaster. And I am not a fan of taking people and Romo's the exception to the rule. But by and large I would rather see somebody go on is CBS's fourth crew, Fox's fourth crew, and working their way up and actually mm. learning to do the job, going into college football first, learn how to be a broadcaster. You can't... I mean, Monday Night Football is supposed to be that international quality broadcaster. Uh, as I say, Romo's the one, he's the outlier because he's done it in a completely different way. But if you look at these things, these things do not happen. And I don't know, I would love to see what his test tapes look like mm. because the alarm bells may have rung fairly early. I don't think their setup helped with the Booger Mobile uh, and Booger McFarland. <laughs> I just thought that was gimmicky and not required. Joe Tessitore is a fairly standard, safe pair of hands 
in play-by-play. I think he got caught up in the, the ESPN way of trying to do things. The Can chemistry it, was never there, no. really, was it? And you've, you've got to learn... He was it. almost trying too hard yeah. a lot of the time. And then mistakes happened, and then once the wheels came off, there was not much you could do. Now, so. if, if Dallas are face-saving, £5 million or dollars is nothing to Jerry Jones. Yeah. So is it a face-saving, or does Jason Witten believe he can play? I think Jason Witten can play. Well, this will be interesting to see as well what year of. I mean, he turns 37 next month, so he's not a young man, but maybe at the point He's younger he's than Antonio Gates. He is in the same position. Still doing so. it. Um, Antonio Gonzalez played for numerous yeah. further years as well. It's but one of the positions you can get away yeah. with playing later into And that year off of And suddenly, look at, look at the. I mean, he's a, he was always a, a great option. So suddenly, if you're Dallas, you've got Amari Cooper, you've got Randall Cobb, yeah. if he's fit, mm-hmm. you've got Witten. He's still got his equal you know, I mean, that's a top offense. Yeah. You know, if you keep, um, keep in a, Dak in a winnable profi- division, yeah, winnable division. Oh, absolutely. So, so there's a lot of potential there for Dallas. So we're pleased that Wetton's out the booth. Absolutely. Yes. We understand why he's back in the team. Mm. Yeah. We asked on Twitter who would you like to see replace Wetton in the booth because Pat McAfee's been touted a couple of times. So David Old and Oliver Boswick both got in touch to say, "Yep, yeah, McAfee would be brilliant." Uh, Mark Rafferty suggested Kurt Warner who you've previously suggested he's perfect he has he knows broadcasting he's done it he's done it on the radio he's called it now radio as, as Charles and you both know radio's a different beast to television yep. but it's a good grounding mm. and it's a completely different skill they often say you know the best broadcasters end up in television that isn't actually true that's so, coming from a broadcaster that works in television so that's yeah yeah you would yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the best can do both um, I'd like to say that <laughs> But he's got the knowledge, he's got yeah. the understanding, he's got the kudos, he's got everything that you want. I don't think ESPN can get this wrong again. No. And but Charles, your pitch was? Uh, Brett Favre. You don't say this like in the tweet. Slightly tinted. I was, I'm stirring the pot. I'm stirring the pot. I don't think he would necessarily be appropriate for that position. Um, yes, I think his... Um, his oppor- I think if you had Brett Favre as the colour commentator, it would be about as predictable as him in the latter stages of his Jets career. Yeah. You just don't know what he's going to do. I've just got a picture. What you should have is Joe Tessitore, if they're not going to let me do, Joe Tessitore, Kurt Warner, and then rather than the Boogomobile, you should have Brett Favre and a banjo. <laughs> just sitting in the stadium now. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, and he just comes out with some country word of wisdom <laughs> and then just plays himself back out on a little strong back. You You've got to get creative with these things. You do. You do. Uh, as well as having a little bit of credibility in there. So <laughs> I think that'd be pushing the boundaries <laughs> of credibility, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that's quite good because what I'd managed to do there was sneak in the fact that I became a credible alternative and Brett Favre didn't because nobody picked me up on that that's good I like yeah. that just let it slide yeah and speaking of letting things slide we're going to this is moving us I love this the bridges here are brilliant right rule changes and the referees let something slide in New Orleans we've never talked about this no. so um, no but it's all changed it's all going to be fine now it's not going to happen ever again the last time I saw Paul in an NFL environment he was throwing a burger at the screen <laughs> in outrage Outrage at the incompetence of the uh, officiating crew and the um, the the fact that 
as we call it in this country, and I tell you, when it comes into the, the football game in this country, it'll be a disaster. The VAR let you down. Yeah. I'm still struggling with it. It was three months ago. Yes. <laughs> I'm still struggling with it. The, the, the only, you know, you can laugh say the consolation was the Rams got absolutely horse and that. That was in itself wonderful. But Tony Kornheiser on Pardon the Interruption made a great point the other day when they were talking about these rule changes is the day after that Saints game, every breakfast show in America from Good Morning America on down, that was their lead story, yeah. was the fact, not necessarily the decision itself, but the fact that arguably a team had been denied a place on the biggest stage. There's no joy in being the, the semi-finalist in this case. A team was denied, potentially legacy building, win one Super Bowl hard, you win two. That that's the kudos. Mm. And that's that's the problem. And it also took Roger Goodell over a week to come out and talk about this, which was Incredible. I mean, he must have phoned up the SFA for advice on how to handle it. It's just insane. Now, you tell me it's going to never happen again. Great, because I genuinely wouldn't want to see another fan base go through what the Saints fan base went through. They should have been there. Simple as that. Interestingly, though, uh, Cincinnati voted against yeah, the Yeah, I was going to get to this. <laughs> like, what? We're talking about the Dolphins tanking. The Bengals were so determined to tank that they're the only ones to vote against the rule change. Now, Just it, about the only thing that 31-1. Cincinnati have done all <laughs> <Yeah>. off-season. <laughs> they they've, they've got a habit of it, and the Raiders used to do it with Al Davis as well. Um, but it, it just seemed interesting. And... I don't know, there's just something that irks me about Sean McVeigh going, yeah, I'll agree to that. And the coach is going, yeah, absolutely, should have been. There you go, there's my ballot paper. I'm in favour. I mean, the, be the, the best real changes in any sport are the ones that change the sport for the better. Yes. And unfortunately, there are often instances whereby a major incident needs to occur in order for the rule change to happen. And I mean, even if you go back, way back 15, 17 years, the tuck game in oh, the snow... Yeah. That changed the fumble law forever, um, but you know, stop, you know, stop Oakland winning, you know, winning the game. Yeah. That that sent Tom Brady on his way to the legacy. Who knows what would have happened? It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but they've made the right decision. I, I think it, they've I made think the right it's decision. The decision they could not not make. Also extends the game probably by about another twenty minutes. So that nine twenty-five kickoff will now stretch to about two a.m. rather than one a.m. <laughs> Interesting. I think I think they've got to look at certain things, and I think we've seen it in the app where you've almost got that in-game advert. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to have to cut the, the time out commercials. Yeah. And I think what you'll see is probably more in-game advertising. I've actually noticed that watching baseball this year, that some of the baseball coverage goes to that split screen, so you're still watching the action just before the inning starts, but the advert is there and it comes back. I think we're going to see an awful lot more of that on the NFL because they do need to, to speed the game up. I think people don't necessarily want the game speeded up. What they want is the rubbish taken out. Yes, yep. yes the gaps will, where the game's not yeah. in play that you want. Uh, and these TV timeouts, I think. But, I mean, advertisers pay a fortune, so they've got to think of other ways of potentially yeah. doing it. Now, this ties in nicely as well. Again, talking about bridges here. Rivalries. And Adam Rank of the NFL has put together an article talking about the uh, the top five rivalries mm. for 2019. 
So I'm just going to shout these out here and let you know, let you discuss it. Number five is the Houston Texans versus the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, met each other mm. in the playoffs. These are the two teams probably on the ascendancy most in the South. Fascinating. We'll skip on because it gets juicier as we go on. So number four is the Cowboys versus the Eagles. We've already touched on the fact that the Cowboys could be quite dangerous. Mm-hmm. The Eagles are still a contender in there they're, as well. They're probably the only two teams that can win that division, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the paper at the moment. And at number three, the LA Rams versus the New Orleans Saints. Woo! That will be a tasty rematch in 2019. Yeah, it will be. Who's supplying the referees, do we know? <laughs> uh, and do we know where that will be played yet? We don't. <laughs> It's not been confirmed, but I think I think it's Los Angeles. Yeah. I think we hosted. They, yes, you yeah, host, we hosted. Yes, you hosted this time. Um, I mean, it's tasty. It's not a natural the rivalry. Grudge match. It, it's just not a natural rivalry. Uh, in terms of rivalry, I mean, the, the Saints Falcons games will be tastier than the Saints Rams. Number two, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Los Angeles Chargers, mm. and I think well, that's an interesting one. They are. I mean, that the way that they split. The Chargers could have been the number one seed. I mean, they're both Super Bowl contenders. And again, Denver are nowhere. Yeah. Like, literally nowhere. Paco's not changing that. Uh, no. Play. And The Raiders will be better. Oh, well, well, we think so. Wow. But we don't really know. Surely. Nobody Surely. really knows what the Raiders are going to do, which is, I guess, why they might be on television quite a lot. So... Speaking of which, Adam Rank <laughs> has number one for this, though, the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, they will be on television yes, every week. absolutely. Um, I don't think, I think, on paper, Cleveland could wipe the floor with Pittsburgh this year. Yeah. But the, the, the only thing that I did predict the first time I came on here was that Pittsburgh would have a bad season because they would implode. And, um, well, they did. Yes. And so they've lost Mr. Brown um, and they've lost Mr. Bell. And oh, who knows about Big Ben? Well, yes, indeed. He's not quite got the weapons that he once no. had. Um, Jesse James is gone. Yeah. We touched on the fact that Big Ben threw more interceptions last season than any other quarterback in the league, um, which is quite a statistic. Now, he they, does throw a lot more than they, some. I mean, them. what do they do? Do they, do they lean on James Conner? I don't, I don't think you... I mean, he's, he's, he's a good running back, but you can't... It's not that kind of league. And although that division... Baltimore will run and run and run some more. Yep. Yeah. But, I mean, Cleveland are now fantasy team, totally. super team. And, well, Cincinnati are, let's not no. bother talking about Cincinnati. <laughs> so, actually, Pittsburgh have probably got half a shot at a wild card spot, just if you look at it on paper. Else. Just because, the, you know, the, they do have, and it's a bit like, you know, it's a, it's a wee bit like Green Bay when everything was going on. You still had Rodgers, whereas... Roethlisberger's proven time and again that he, he, he is quality but he was obviously trying far too hard last season and I think he was also papering over the cracks that were everywhere else in that dressing room as well and I think it depends as well whether those cracks have now gone mm. and whether the cracks were Bell and Brown or whether there is a bigger problem there and I think that will be what possibly comes out in the season if he can't build a bit of repertoire with his new bank of wide receivers and if he's on his radio show slagging them off mm. after week four or five I think you can probably have the same conversations again next year Juju Smith-Schuster will be the next one to say no nah, I'm not playing for him um, so it's definitely an interesting one to watch still think though the number one rivalry and it is the week one opening game of the season is the Bears-Packers 
It's the best of the lot. Touched on this on Twitter. It's the one place in America where I was told to go back to Scotland by, <laughs> by, by a drunk Green Bay, Green Bay Packer fan because I pointed out as he badmouthed the woman next to me that it was a bit OTT. So, you know, well, um, it was feisty you know, over well, there. They picked that game because it's the oldest rivalry. It's got all the stories. It's got the depth to it. And I think that game on week one last season was just phenomenal. So you... you I, Aaron Rodgers has got a particularly good record in Chicago. Until, yes, he does. You know, so he will not have have any inhibitions whatsoever about going and winning that. And I think it's you've you talk about the fact that Green Bay have got it all to prove this season. I think Chicago have actually got it all probably all to prove as well because they they came on so well last year and they should have beaten the Eagles. And if they had, who's to say that they wouldn't have maybe rolled on even further? So. Are they just flashes in the pan? Green Bay have... You could point to the last two years and say, hang on a minute, Rogers was injured and then he fell out with the coach. Other than that, we've been in the playoffs the last 10 years. Chicago have been hopeless until last season and they made some brilliant moves and got Khalil Mack in and they've got a quarterback in who clearly knows what he's doing and Nagy's obviously a good coach, but can they reproduce it again? Yeah, so it's going totally. Pressure's on, game one. Yeah. Game one. See, if I'm Matt Nagy, this is brilliant. Now, I did mention earlier I thought they had a soft schedule, mm. but what a great motivational tool that you've got. You've got a talented group of players, so you don't have to worry necessarily about that. But you are saying, look, people thought we were a fluke last year. Mm. You know, we're not a fluke. Look at us, you know. And you could set out your stall and go forward on that and basically use that as a big drive, big motivating factor. Bear in mind, you've got to look for something new every year. You know, these, some of these guys have seen it. How do you motivate? How do you get, you know, teams to go forward? The counter to that, well, you're a professional organization. You shouldn't need motivated. Well, <laughs> we've seen in many sports exactly. it doesn't work I mean, like that. Look, look at Scotland and Kazakhstan. Oh, yes. uh, if, if we have to, you know. Why did you do that? Because, because, to find the most Scottish-like performance for us and everything. Exactly, horrible. And, and the problem is then, then that you know, just forgotten about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then Russia going to thump Kazakhstan, yeah. and it kind of shows us up. So I think you can have that. Oh, you didn't think that the three-nil defeat enough was just showing no, 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 us up. <laughs> I thought I'd put that in there as well. It's like Bay losing at home to the Cardinals last season, which was arguably worse than Scotland losing in Kazakhstan. Yeah, and the Cardinals didn't want to win. It was threatening their draft. I mean, that, that's the other thing. Unless Scotland are getting their number one draft. Yeah, 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 we'll over. take it. We'll take it. Um, but I think it's fascinating. The rivalries, are, I find that quite interesting. Just one of the, the great stories that I like to tell is when I was down for the Falcons game a number of years ago, uh, they were playing the Lions. And I walked onto this tube train which was packed with Falcons fans. And I had my Saints jersey on. And uh, there was this big guy. I mean, he looked like an offensive lineman. And he sort of leaned over, you know, you know, and he's got the Falcons red on. as he'd say, where are you from? And I'm like, Scotland. <laughs> and so we got, we got chatting. And I, I didn't realise how much of a rivalry it was. But what he said mm. was, such a rivalry that when the Falcons get to the playoffs, Saints fans buy tickets and come and support the opposition. Hey. That's brilliant. That is good. Yeah. And that's a rivalry. That's good. That's a rivalry. And of course, you had the 28th of March, which is forevermore the day that you get reminded that the Falcons blew in the Super Bowl. And I saw the Saints fans just tweeting it en masse. We do just like a reminder. That. We do like that. <laughs> 
So one of the things we did this week as well um, to get some content is we turned to Twitter. Uh, we started to ask some questions on there. Michael McLeod came in with one right away. Yep. Um, Texans versus Titans for the Euler throwbacks. Oh. Now, I don't know if you've seen anything off this, but the Houston Texans have said that they would like to do an Oilers throwback um, as part of a sort of nod back to the Houston team of old. Mm. The Tennessee Titans have pointed out that they own the rights to that. There is no way they'll allow the Texans to have it because they might well do it themselves at some point in the future. So this is an interesting one, and it's an interesting one for us non-Americans because franchise sporting teams over here are seen in a very different light mm. than they are in the States so you take MK Dons and Wimbledon imagine <laughs> Wimbledon yes. move become MK Dons Wimbledon start up and MK Dons say you can't wear that navy blue and yellow we've got the rights to that uproar there'll be uproar I don't know where I come down on this one though because obviously the franchise is different are the Titans right to hold on to this because they ultimately were the Tennessee Oilers. The t- well, the Titans have got the rights, but do they have the rights? No, I don't believe they do. I think I think if you've got the concept of the franchise is totally different to a club. You meant MK Dons and Wimbledon's a very good comparison actually, um, because uh, if you've ever been to Milton Keynes, um, it's very different to Wimbledon. Um, <laughs> uh, but Houston and Nashville are completely different yeah. and I think there has to be a little bit of the culture of the team I don't think all those Houston Oilers fans when they moved the franchise all moved house to Nashville yeah. no they didn't just as when it happened with Baltimore, the Baltimore Colts and moving to Indianapolis nobody up sticks and went you've got to have a bit of identity about where you're from so I contrary forgive me I, I am not an expert in oil exploration, but I don't think there's a big history of oil exploration <laughs> in Nashville. So, sorry, Tennessee, you may own the rights, but I think in the interests of goodwill, you should be passing that over to Houston. Okay, so the Oilers from 1959 to 1996 played in Houston. The uniform you're talking about, Columbia Blue, which mm. is the yeah. iconic colour, a little bit of scarlet and white dusky so, blue isn't it Yeah, yeah it's, it's beautiful, nice. one of the best and of course the oil rig on the helmet yeah. was one of the best logos ever, so they became the Tennessee Oilers, they played under that moniker for two seasons, the first year in Memphis, which didn't work because nobody went, they then moved to Nashville, played in a university stadium until the new stadium was ready and then, controversially from my point of view, because I remember being really annoyed by it they changed from the Tennessee Oilers to the Tennessee Titans. They own the name, they own the history, they own absolutely everything. So legally, yeah, they're a complete and utter lock. The Texans were awarded in 99, they started in 2002. Simple as that. There, there is no connection between the two franchises. However, I think it would be a nice, because Titans now play in Titans Blue, they don't play in Columbia Blue. Uh, they've gone with Titans Blue and Navy and White. They don't have that same look. I would like to say, tell you what, we'll give you the helmet logo. Play with the helmet logo on, but play in a white jersey or something like that. I, I do, because I would like to see that throwback. I think we need a Houston Oilers fan yeah, to actually sort this once and for all. Because do you think that the Houston Oilers fans of old now support the Texans, or do they support the Titans? That is the question. Because I think probably when they left Houston, 
they were the, the, your average Houston Oilers fan was probably not very happy with that. There's a brilliant, and you might be able to find it on YouTube. I think it's th- a brilliant thirty for thirty mm. on the Houston in their last season uh, in the Astrodome. I mean, the crowds dwindled because basically the fan base stayed away, and it's almost like that's what the management wanted. They wanted that discord mm. to make it easier to leave. It's a brilliant documentary. Um, so I think there was. A divorcing of that, and I think that's why the Texans were so warmly taken on. So I think they are seen as the natural successors um, for the for the Oilers. So I would like to see, I, I would have liked to see the Texans at the time fight harder to get the name back. So can you get a name? Can you not? Well, interestingly, you mentioned the Colts. They were in Baltimore. They went to Indianapolis. The Colts, two Super Bowls, one in Baltimore, one in Indianapolis. However. When the Browns uh-huh. left Cleveland in 96 to become the Baltimore Ravens, I think they'd clocked already that there was a, a similar problem happening. But they were able to say, no, you can go and become the Baltimore Ravens, but the Cleveland Browns will stay. And the history was withheld from the Baltimore Ravens, and the history of Cleveland Browns belongs to Cleveland. Oh, we're, getting, we're getting into dodgy ground yeah, We're here. getting into really I'm, dodgy ground I'm, I'm thinking football clubs and history here. Let's not yeah, go there. Yeah, yeah, let's let's just there. start However, on quickly. What I will say is, so the Cleveland alarm bells are going off here, <laughs> everywhere. The Cleveland Browns stopped playing in '96. Were reawarded a franchise, and it was a continuation of a franchise. Yeah. So there is a there is a clear. Clear. Difference. I guess if you do it straight away, that's fair enough. I just think ultimately, if you if you support a team, it's it's about your your culture, your fan base, your city, your town. Yeah. There's some there's something about it, you know. That that that, that and, and do you know, Ben? Look at the two modern examples of t- of franchises that are moving. So you've got St. Louis moving to LA a couple of years ago. If for whatever reason in the future a team moves back to St. Louis you just I mean yeah. that, that this argument will come up again and now you've got Oakland who are just about to hot foot it off to Las Vegas the distance isn't great and you can just see everyone from the black hole trailing out to Las Vegas oh, every absolutely. two weeks no problem <laughs> but do, do you know I mean I think there'll always be a bit of the Raiders in Oakland no matter what you you know but then They've, they've already been in LA as well, yes. so and then you've got the Chargers in LA, and you've got the Chargers yeah. who might go back. Yeah. You know, so it, 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 the franchise system makes it very, very complicated. But I think you have to, especially if you if you have another franchise set up in the city you've just left. I think there has to be a duty of care to the fan base that you've left. That's the way I, I think. That's it. why the NFL got it right with the Browns. Mm. Uh, I mean, you can go back. I mean, nineteen sixty three, the Dallas Texans. Uh, actually moved to Kansas City and became the Kansas City Chiefs, and nobody's saying that you know they should go back. But you know the Cardinals. Interestingly, you know the Cardinals went from Chicago to St. Louis, from St. Louis to Phoenix, and became the Phoenix Cardinals. Now the Arizona Cardinals. So there there is history, but nobody was fighting necessarily for the history there because well the Cardinals didn't really have much history in terms of winning. I love the fact they're having an argument about uniforms. Yeah. It's great. It's a great question that Michael put forward to us. And I haven't, this has completely gone past mm. me. I haven't seen anything of this. Yeah. Maybe go and read it. And I was like, and I came down and I wasn't sure where I fell with it. Because it's rights versus right. And it really is. It's the moral right versus mm. the, the, the yeah. legal right. Um, and I can 
Tennessee both points because if you're Tennessee, you're probably thinking, well, there's a way for us to make some money. We'll do a Oilers throwback at some point in our life and we'll maybe sell a bunch of shirts to a few Houston fans. But, but Charles is right. that There is no connection there with the Oilers. No. The Oilers should belong in Houston. Tennessee. Now, if you look at baseball, baseball make a great deal of money going throwbacks. Yeah. Um, the team I support, the Tampa Bay Rays, have throwbacks from the 70s, which is interesting. Bear in mind, they didn't start till 1998. So they've they've got throwbacks that, if they had been around back in the 70s, <laughs> this is what they would have wore, just to, to fit in with a particular promotion, which is weird. It's also been suggested to me that Scottish football, and certainly I mean, you could play this in the English Premiership as well, you should have a throwback weekend. Who wouldn't like to see Aberdeen wearing that all red with a white, white pinstripe yeah, white pin stripes coming They'd down, sell them in the, down the side? I mean, that would be tremendous. I mean, Hart, it was a hideous kit, but the white with a big maroon band in the middle. You know, it's a 70s kit. You'd love to see Hearts play in that. Just, you know, Hibs could wear that, you know, the old George Best purple and, and yellow. There's there's so many things you could do until people would buy it. If you had a throwback weekend for one weekend out of the 38 in the SPL, I think it'd be tremendous. Definitely. Right, I'm wary of time here. We want to get this all done and dusted. There's a lot to cover still. A couple of other questions. David Old got in touch, just asking about the Dolphins going into 2019. Now, we already touched on this. Ooh. Are they tanking? So we'll frame this. Who's going to perform worse than the Dolphins in 2019? Bengals. Bengals. Bengals, definitely. It's a fair shout. <laughs> it's, it's highly possible. I don't think they'll tank. I don't think, I mean, I wouldn't want, to, I wouldn't go and play for a team that I knew was going to tank. You, you, the the culture of the dressing room should not allow it, and the only way you can actually tank is to sign players who are simply not good enough. Mm. And I think your or fan, sell all your best players. Yeah, and your like the New York Giants. Yeah, yeah. Your, your fan base would would twig that mm. far too quickly. Yeah. So no, I mean I think it's interesting. You know, they've got a bit of talent there. Yeah, Miami, but and Ryan Fitzpatrick guaranteed to win you at least two or three games. I was going to say Fitzpatrick's good enough to get you those bizarre games where he'll just somehow 500 yards out. five touchdowns six interceptions absolutely and you, you're going to pay to watch him yeah as long as your defence can so, get the no, ball I, back I think, the, I think the, no, the, Beng- the Bengals poor Andy Dalton dear me um, although Marvin Lewis is gone so yeah new head coach new head coach you, you think that there'll be a bit of a bounce there uh, Same in Miami, though. My uh, coaches, yeah, yeah. Uh, Denver. What are Denver doing? Yeah. I, I find it staggering. One of the greatest quarterbacks in history is incapable of finding a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's quite amazing. I hate. I hate to come back to Kazakhstan again, but <laughs> one of the finest central defenders for Scotland couldn't put out a proper back four. Well, that's true. That yeah. is very, very. So true. sometimes it is. It's the blind spots you do not expect people to have. Um, and, but beyond that, I th- listen, It's you're never going to... I don't think you'll see any team have an absolute 1-15. I, I, I can't see it. I think the league's too competitive yeah. nowadays. Yeah, but, but, I, I mean, from Miami's point of view... Although right? it was, you're, you're, two, you're two years removed from the Browns. Yeah, that, but... The, that they, was, they were stocking up yeah, draft picks. Yeah. And they were a cluster yes, of, oh, totally. of bad ideas. I think for Miami, also, you know, you do have Buffalo at home, you do have the Jets at home, mm. and you normally beat the Patriots at home. So, you know, I, th- I think there's hope there for them. Redskins are another one I'll throw into the mix as a potential stinking team this year. I just think Case Keenum mm. leading the team, there's not a lot of talent at receiver there. Adrian Peterson's the running back, he's not getting any younger. It's, it's not a sexy no, team. No, it's not. not but team. again, are they better than New York at the moment? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But we'll stay in Florida, though, because uh, Jacob Ridgeway's had two questions. One of them, Nick Foles, good or bad deal? Now, we touched on this briefly mm-hmm. before. I think there's a lot a lot of money 
gone in his general direction. Is he better than Bortles? Yes, he is. But it's probably going to take more than just Foles to, to turn things around for Jacksonville based on last season. Yeah, but it's a good deal because they've given themselves a chance. Yeah. Simple as that. And I think you had to pay the money, whether you paid 10 million, 20 million. I think it's a moot point. Their window is there. Their defence should be good enough. They've got tools elsewhere. I think they had to pull the trigger. I don't think if I, I think I don't think that they should be relying on him though, because the the reason they did so well two seasons ago was they had they, they relied on the defence in the running game. I think you should still base your game around that. They've got to get themselves sorted out with Fournette. They have yes. to look at that and say, right, well, is he going to be coming back focused? Is he going to be coming back fit? And if not, do we do we shop him and? Yeah. bring someone else in um, but he's still on their rookie contract so well, he's a running back it's so still he's, a, he's a gem team. if he's fit yeah it's still a young team I think that actually the Jags have the same problem that the Browns will have in this season ahead I think that the Jags are a confidence team I think the year before they were riding high on confidence mm. they were cocky they had a bravado you know I mean I'll be honest I didn't like the Seattle Seahawks when they were a noisy defence and I was kind of getting that way with the Jags I was a bit like alright you're playing well but shut up get, get on with it you know do your talking on the field not necessarily in the sidelines um, last year it went away from them and I don't think they knew how to get it back I think that Cleveland's going to have some of that because of those such big characters in that team if they have a bad day mm. how do they cope with it question mark on that one especially under a new head coach but um, Doug Marone stays that was I questioned a few times I thought he might have been someone that went but no he stays who would you pick to win this AFC South you can't pick between the four of them I think I, that, that is along with the NFC North the closest division of the yeah. lot because yeah. they've all got a viable shot at winning it definitely and, and that's what actually counts against whether we think Nick Foles will make an impact mm. is if they got Nick Foles last year you know, you had two quarterbacks in the division coming back from injuries that might not have done brilliantly. Okay, they did. Are they a year too late? Quite possibly. And I mean, even then, coming back off that championship game, that was maybe their moment. Right, so we're going to finish up then with a question, another one from Jacob, because this is another thing that completely missed him, but they all together. Tony Romo's golf career mm. hasn't got off to the best of starts. Mm. <laughs> um. <laughs> 15 over par for the second year in a row where he's a sponsor's invite um, to the, I think the, where was it, the Dominican Republic <laughs> they played. So the PGA Tours Punta Cana tournament in the Dominican Republic, he missed the cut. Last year he finished 15 over and was outright bottom. This year he was 15 over again, so he's consistent. Yeah. If nothing oh. else, you got to give him that. He wasn't last because a couple of guys pulled out after the first day and someone hurt their back. So, you know, it's not all bad for Tony Romo. Well, did you see his shot a couple of months ago at the at Pebble Beach off the um, off the hospitality mat? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A wee wedge off the hospitality after shanking it into the hospitality <laughs> mat. A wedge to about a foot, so he's got the talent. He's got. But the talent. I think he needs to stick to what he's also got talent, which is talking. Can I just lob one quick bit of, of breaking can. news in? Um, do you watch Game of Thrones? Yes. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I'm aware of it. You're aware of it. So, which NFL player will be making a cameo appearance in Game of Thrones? Now, hang on. Is this an April Fool? No. no it's, not. it's not. Well, well. <laughs> Apparently not. Right, okay. Well, well, if it is, apologies if it is. <laughs> is it a current player or one who's current just player? retired? Current, no, not, no, current player. It's the kind player. of thing that Gronk would have done. I was getting player. Person like a Gronk Current player. player. According to Mr. Rappaport, the uh, right, okay. NFL Network Insider, Joey Bosa 
is going to be in Game of Thrones. Jeez. <laughs> so it got me thinking, which which player, past or present, would you like to see in a TV show of your choice? Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> what a bomb to and, was it and, in, and in what role? Well, if it, if it was Scottish football, I would love to see Scott Brown in still game. <laughs> I think that could be quite good. Um, I... I mean, to be fair, there have actually been successful NFL players who've gone on to acting careers. Mm. Terry Crews uh, is probably one of the biggest. Yeah, yeah he's, he's one of the biggest at the moment. I'm trying. There was a guy who went and he, he actually had his own detective show. His name's gone, but when I was researching for yeah. one of the quizzes... We I mean, The Rock there. played at college in Miami. He never played the NFL, but Dwayne Johnson, sorry, The Rock. Uh, he's not that man anymore. But yeah, there has been a few, hasn't there? Dan Marino was in... Um, East Ventura. East Ventura. Although that's, I'm not sure that was a leading part. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was more wooden than most. Now, which player would you like to see, and in what? I mean, that's a brilliant question. I'd like to see uh, Jason Witten in a comedy about a sports broadcasting team. <laughs> Poor Jason Witten. <laughs> Poor Jason Witten. Well, Jason. Game of Thrones obviously starts in a couple of weeks. Um, so the big question is, what episode will it be in? <laughs> What character will Joey Bosa be, and will he be? Will he last the episode? No, or will no he way, be killed off? off. He's got, if he's in there for a camera, he's getting killed off. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. And we'll have to think that's a talking point for a future episode as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. If anybody's got any ideas on Twitter, throw them into the NFL Scotland account. Who would you like to see from the NFL, and in what TV show? Yeah, that would be great. Wouldn't you like to see Bill Belichick in something like The Big Bang Theory? Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me more of. The um, Alan Sugar and The Apprentice. <laughs> oh, now The Apprentice with Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's fired. Absolutely. It's a stepping stone to the presidency. Yeah. So we could have Belichick from the Patriots to TV to the White House. There we go. Oh Solved. Brilliant. Right, well that concludes things then for episode 45. We hope you've enjoyed listening again. We'd love to hear your feedback, good and bad. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at ScotlandNFL and on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash ScotlandNFL. Thanks to all of you who have been listening, sharing and chatting about the podcast. We continue to see the numbers grow every week. Please do keep sharing the podcast with all your NFL friends and continue to let us know what you think. A reminder too that if you're attending the NFL UK live event in Edinburgh on the 18th of April, then we're hosting an after party with the guys from the Fitball Cast and the Full 10 Yards podcast at the Golf Tavern in Brunsfield. We hope you can make it along and join us for a beer. We'll be back again next week as we hope to be joined by our third free agency signing as we begin to look ahead to the 2019 draft. But until then, thanks for listening. Bye for now.